My Bible is open to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, I would invite you to open to that same passage as well. It certainly is a blessing to see all of you this morning, as has already been mentioned. What a beautiful day we are able to enjoy after the storms of Friday afternoon and evening. God has blessed us with such beautiful weather since then. And it is a reminder to us, I think, of the goodness and grace of God that we can certainly see His power on display everywhere we look. We can even see... I don't know that any of us necessarily were thinking along these lines Friday afternoon and evening, but if you take the time to read Psalm 29, it talks to us about the Lord of the storm, and the psalmist reminds us that we can even see God there in the storm. God is all around us, and He certainly is to be praised and glorified, as hopefully we have been doing this morning in song, in the songs that our brother Stephen has led us in in the prayers that have been offered, and in gathering around the table of our Lord Jesus Christ to remember God and who He is and what He has done for us, and in all of that, hopefully, to glorify His good and His great name. It's kind of interesting to me that the last two Fridays, I have been sitting in a room that had no windows, Uh, Friday before last, I was in Mississippi for a couple of days to visit my mom, and uh, the tornadoes that went through that state did not uh, go through where she lives, but uh, the sirens were going off that Friday night, and uh, our phones were uh, buzzing as much as they could, and again, this past Friday afternoon, sitting in one of our closets at our house in Sherwood, and as has already been said this morning, it is a reminder how good and how great God is to us. Let us show our appreciation to Him, as we've also been reminded this morning, by giving our lives in total obedience and trust and surrender to Him. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, the Apostle Paul wrote there, Whatever then you, uh, whether then uh, you eat or drink or whatever you do, Do all to the glory of God. I realize as you read that particular chapter, and really not even just 1 Corinthians 10, but if you would take the time to go back all the way to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, at the beginning of that chapter, he is talking about the freedom that we have in Christ, the liberties that we have as Christians, and how we are to view those freedoms, and how we are to use or not use those freedoms. And he comes to the end of that discussion as we just read here at chapter 10 and verse 31, and he makes this great statement that whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all to the glory of God. And I realize that Paul is speaking those words and he's making a specific application of those words to that discussion that began back in chapter 8. But surely I have to think, at least in my own mind, that the Apostle Paul there is just stating a general truth that is applicable to all of life, that the ultimate aim, the ultimate goal of our life here on earth is to glorify God in whatever you do. He says not just in whether you eat or drink in that discussion there in those chapters, but in whatever you do, 
do all to the glory of God. I believe scripture backs up that particular thought, that truth. Jesus himself said in the mountain message, as Gavin has already read for us this morning, from Matthew 5 and verse 16, Jesus says we are to let our light shine in such a way that others may see our good works and they may glorify our Father who is in heaven. The apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11 that as we speak and as we serve on God's behalf, that we do so so that in all things God may be glorified. And the Apostle Paul wrote in the text that we're going to look at this morning in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20, that since we who are followers of Christ have been bought with a price, we are to glorify God in our body. And it's this last text in 1 Corinthians 6 to which we will turn our attention this morning. Glorify God in your body. This will be the thought of not only this sermon, but Lord willing, at least a couple of more sermons, maybe three more sermons in coming weeks. All of these sermons are kind of, if you want to look at it, a mini-series in the greater series of current events that we are, are speaking of this year. Today we want to mostly stay in this text, and we just want to extract some, what I think are some just very elementary, some very fundamental truths that we find here the Apostle Paul Related to this thought of glorify God in your body, in the following lessons, Lord willing, we will take the truths that we discuss today and we will make some applications to ourselves. Let's read here again this text. 1 Corinthians 6, beginning at verse 12, Paul writes, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, or as many translations have, sexual immorality or fornication is the idea there. But for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ to make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality or fornication. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. The first truth I want us to see from this text is at the very beginning of this discussion back in verse 12. That the Apostle Paul begins this last section of 1 Corinthians 6 with this thought by saying that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but I will not be mastered by anything. As we just mentioned a moment ago in beginning our lesson today from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse 31, notice there in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse 23, the Apostle Paul said much the same thing that he is writing here in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There again, as we just stated, he is taking that principle of all things being lawful, but not all things being profitable, not all things edifying ourselves or edifying our brother or sister in Christ and specifically relating it to our liberties in Christ. 
that we need to use the freedoms, the liberties that we have in Jesus Christ uh, to profit ourselves, but also to profit others around us. We need to use those liberties or freedoms to edify ourselves, to build ourselves up, but also to build up those who are around us. Here in 1 Corinthians 6, though, Paul again is stating this same truth almost word for word as what we read there in chapter 10 and verse 23. But now he is wanting us to apply this truth not to our freedoms in Christ, but to our bodies, our physical bodies. And in coming lessons, hopefully we will talk about our physical bodies. We will think about how we are to view our bodies. We will think about how we are to use our bodies. We will think about what we should put into our bodies and what we should not. And as we discuss those specific matters, hopefully in coming lessons, there are going to be some things that we discuss, I believe, that Scripture is very clear about. There are going to be some things that God Himself says are right or wrong. There are going to be some things that God says are lawful or unlawful. But then there will be some other matters that we discuss that Scripture doesn't specifically maybe address. There may not be a specific commendation from God in the Word about these things. There may not be a specific condemnation from God about some matters. And yet even in those things, the latter category, the Apostle Paul is saying here in this verse to us that not everything may be beneficial to us from a spiritual standpoint. (laughs) There, There may be some things that we necessarily can't turn to a verse of Scripture and say this is definitely a sin, this is definitely evil, this is definitely wrong. But there may be things that don't profit us spiritually in our walk with Christ. There will be some things that may have the tendency, as Paul says here in this verse, to master us, to control us, things that can be addictive if we allow them to be. And so I hope you will really keep this particular truth in mind as we go throughout those lessons, and not just in these few lessons but really throughout our whole lives as Christians, that all things are lawful for me unless God has said that they are not, but not everything is profitable. Not everything builds me or builds someone else up. Not everything, uh, there are things that we can be involved in that will control or master us, and that is not good. The second truth we want to consider this morning from this particular text as we think about this entire theme of glorify God in your body is found there at verse 13 where the Apostle Paul goes on to say that the body is not for immorality, again, for sexual uh, immorality or fornication, but the body, he says, is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. In this verse, I believe Paul is emphasizing the fact that God created certain things for certain purposes. As he mentions to us in the beginning of this verse, that food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. (laughs) That, That those two things go together like a hand in a glove, right? That he created food to go into the stomach. The stomach takes in food. But just in that same sense that food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, he makes the greater point here at the end of this verse that God has created the physical body for himself. He has not given us our physical body so that we can have some other Lord, if you will, so that we can have some other master in our life. Again, going back to the previous verse that we looked at, the end of verse 12, we will not be mastered by anything. We will not have anything else in our life that is going to control us or dominate us or even give us direction in life. No, Jesus Christ is our Lord 
he has created our physical body for himself and not for any other Lord. This is kind of something that's interesting to me. You may or may not have picked up on it. You may or may not think in this way, and that's certainly fine. But it's just interesting to me what Paul says here at the end of verse 13, that the body, the body, is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. The fact that Paul says the body and not your body, as we'll look at here just in a moment in verses 15 and 19, makes me think that perhaps he is stating a truth that God intended to apply to every person's body that he has created, whether they have made the decision to live their life under his direction and influence and to carry out his will in their life or not, whether they are a Christian or not, in other words, whether they are his children or not. Notice that Paul says the body is not for fornication. I believe that's a truth that applies to everyone, that God did not create our physical bodies so that we could sin sexually, whether we are a child of his or not. That's not why he created our body. And if that is true, all of us then, whether we are Christians or not, I think we need to ask ourselves a question about our bodies. For what purpose did God create our physical bodies? Did he create them just so that we could use them for our own earthly pleasures? Did he create them so that we can use them as we see fit, that we truly are masters of our own body? (laughs) You know, that, that's, that is kind of the current thinking, I think, in our culture, not just related to the issue of abortion that we spoke of not long ago. But I think that's kind of the mindset that we as Americans have. And I don't know if other people in, in other countries and other parts of the world have the same mindset that we do, but at least in our culture in this day and age, that seems to be the mindset that we have. It's my body. I can do to it what I want to do to it. I can use it for whatever I want to use it for. But I believe the Apostle Paul is reminding these Christians in Corinth, think about the environment in which they live. It's not a whole lot different from where we find ourselves today. And he is saying to them, no. God did not create your physical body just so that you can use it for your own pleasures, so that you can use your body as you see fit, so that you can use your body to glorify yourself. I believe Paul and other writers of Scripture give us the answer And that is this, that God created the physical body to glorify him. Again, these truths that we're pulling out of this text in 1 Corinthians 6, they all go back, at least in my mind, to this one great thought that we're thinking of this morning. And that is this, to glorify God in your body. The third truth that we want to pull out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is found in verse 15, where the Apostle Paul now here does not necessarily make a statement but ask a question but he says there do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ now I believe Paul's definitely is talking specifically to Christians to those that have chosen to come and follow Jesus Christ and to be like him but even more specifically than that of course he is talking to these saints these Christians in the city of Corinth What do we know about them as we read through this book? We know that they were spiritually immature, don't we? (laughs) You know, Paul says back in chapter 3, I really wanted to talk to you as spiritual people, but I couldn't do that because you're still fleshly minded. You're still people who are dominated by the flesh. They're spiritually immature. They had some wrong beliefs about several things as he addresses those here in this book. 
They had numerous problems to correct. They had lots of challenges that they had to overcome. But Paul wanted them to know that they were truly those who belonged to Christ, that they were members of Christ. The verse before this particular section that we're addressing this morning, back in verse 11, of course, he says, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the Spirit of our God. He wanted them to know who they were, that they were members of Christ, that they were joined to Christ. They were washed, they were sanctified, they were justified. He wanted them to know as even he addresses them, if you look back at the very beginning of this letter in chapter 1 and verse 2, he says to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. He wanted them to know when he came to this discussion about glorifying God in your bodies in chapter 6. He wanted them to know all the way back at the very beginning that they were saints. They were holy ones by calling. Yes, they had a number of issues to work through. Yes, they needed to grow exponentially in their walk with Jesus Christ. But he still considered them to be saints and he wanted them to know that they were saints. And he wanted them to know with that thought in mind, when we come to our discussion here in chapter 6 today, he wanted them to know that their physical bodies were members of Christ, that they were connected to Christ, that they belonged to Christ. And that had implications for how they lived their life and the choices and the decisions they made about how they were going to use their bodies and who they were going to join their bodies to. Therefore, they could not join, when we come to verse 16, their bodies to anyone other than their spouse, not to let their body physically be joined to a prostitute, they could not do that and still be joined to Christ and still be members of Christ. You see, brothers and sisters, if we are truly Christians, we have joined ourselves to Christ. (laughs) And we have joined ourselves to Christ in both our body and in our spirit. There at verse 17, Paul says, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. The version that our brother Todd was reading from earlier there at the end of this Discussion at verse 20, uh, the New American Standard just says, therefore glorify God in your body. But some versions as he read from say, glorify God in your body and in your spirit who are the Lord's. That, that the whole of who we are, I think the point is, is joined to Jesus Christ. Therefore, the only conclusion I think that we can logically come to is that our bodies belong to him. And that just flies in the face of of our thinking as Americans, right? Because we're such an independent people and we think, well, you know, I've worked so hard. I've done all these things in my life and I've I've gotten to this level of status in my life, whatever that might be. And so I, I call the shots. And that includes what I do with my body, how I use my body. But the Apostle Paul is wanting these Christians here in that kind of environment, in that kind of thinking, and us today to realize that's not true. That no, our bodies belong to Christ because we are members of Him. And the fourth truth this morning connected to that, of course, is found in verse 19, where again the Apostle asks a question. He says, or do you not know, I think implying that they should have known and we should know, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. That He truly is Lord. 
of not just our life, but he is Lord of us. He is Lord of our body. You are not your own, the fourth truth to consider. Again, this truth is connected to the last one. Previously, the apostle said that our physical, the physical bodies of Christians are members of Christ. We are joined to him. Now I believe he is saying that our physical bodies are also the Holy Spirit's temple, that God dwells in us. What Paul is saying again is that our bodies are God's dwelling place. They are not our own. They are his. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, we talked about this particular scripture in, in Brother Kirk's class this morning and thinking about the great love that God has for us. We all know what Paul says here, I think, in this text, but let's read it again. Galatians 2 and verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. We who belong to Christ, we who are members of Christ, as we just pointed out from 1 Corinthians 6, for us it really is the case that we have moved out and God has moved in. The Spirit of God has moved in. I don't want us to think about that in some mystical, mysterious way. I don't know all the ins and outs of that. But the Apostle Paul is saying here, I've been crucified with Christ. I have been put to death. It's no longer me who is living, even in this physical body. I'm not doing the things that I want to do apart from Christ and His will, but it's Christ who is living in me. He is Lord now, even as it relates to His physical body. So in relation to our bodies, that means that God, Christ, is in control, that He dictates how we view our bodies, how we use our bodies, what we put into our bodies, and many other things related to our physical bodies. And again, this, I think this is such a hard truth for American Christians to understand because I believe that we so much value uh, our lives in terms of what we, quote, own, don't we? And that's kind of a sad commentary, I think, on where we are as a society. As someone who has a lot of wealth, someone who has a lot of power, someone who has a lot of influence... Uh, someone who, who has, you know, lots of possessions that they are, quote, successful. And if you don't fit in that category, it doesn't matter what else you do in your life, good or bad, that you're unsuccessful, that you've been a failure. And, and that is very much a materialistic mindset. But that, I think, is where the culture at Corinth was at this point. As Paul is writing these words, this is where we are by and large as a culture. Because we think, we say, even in our speech, that's my car, and that's my house, and that's my boat, and that's, those are my clothes, and that's my jewelry, and th these are my investments, and the focus is upon me, 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 rather than remembering, no, God. God owns it all, and you are not your own. If we are Christians, we do not own our bodies, God does. And we need to come to grips with that truth, with that reality. And the fifth and final truth that we want to look at this morning is found at the very end of this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, when the Apostle Paul sums it all up by saying, we have been bought with a price. You know, as he concludes this discussion of our bodies, I believe 
Paul is maybe kind of building here as he often does throughout this text. And he does so by issuing this very powerful reason as to why we must glorify God in our bodies. It is because Christ has died for us. And if you were in Kirk's class this morning, he, he dealt with that. The, the, the cross of Christ should be our motivation, should be our reason for why we are who we are and why we do what we do. That Jesus Christ died for us, we have been bought with a price. You know, if the Apostle Paul had left out these other truths that we've already looked at this morning, if he had only mentioned this particular one at the very end of the discussion, I think it would have been enough because the cross of Christ ought to be the reason. It ought to be reason enough for to compel us, to move us, to motivate us to use all of our lives, all of who we are, but especially in this context in our discussion this morning, that ought to be enough to compel and motivate us to use our physical bodies in a way that not pleases ourselves, but in a way that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. Unless we have forgotten the price that Jesus Christ paid to redeem us from the awful slavery that we were under to sin, let us hear the words of the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 13. It's kind of interesting here. He may not be using the language of our bodies as Paul is using in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but he is talking about our conduct. He is talking about our walk, about our life. In verse 13, beginning of 1 Peter 1, Peter says, Therefore prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Paul is wanting these Christians, he is wanting us as we are thinking about these words, these truths in 1 Corinthians 6 this morning, he is wanting us to get to this conclusion that we have been bought with a price. He's wanting us to remember that. He is wanting us to truly believe that, that Jesus Christ, the unblemished, the spotless lamb of God, shed his precious blood. He poured out his precious life so that you and I can glorify God in our bodies as we live here upon this earth. There are some powerful truths that Paul writes here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe, that will help us in our endeavor to glorify God in all of our life in whatever we think, say, or do, but especially to glorify God in our bodies. Well, I don't know that this, well, I do know, this series is not going to be consecutive. Uh, the third Sunday of this month, I'm going to be in uh, Jonesboro that week preaching. Uh, and so that's our normal time to do our more like Jesus lessons. So that's either going to be next week or the fourth Sunday, I don't know. And the fifth Sunday of this month, being a fifth Sunday, is going to be our 
sermon on the uh, Jesus and on his death and on the Lord's Supper and those kinds of things. So these lessons are not going to be back to back to back or however many they are, but over the next few weeks, we're going to think about these principles that we have mentioned this morning and then make some applications. Again, I think there are going to be some things, hopefully, that we can all agree upon that Scripture is very clear about. There may be some other things that your conviction about some things may be different than my conviction. I will say to you that the more I study and learn God's Word, sometimes my convictions change. Sometimes my conclusions and applications change. But in all of that, I hope that you will hear God and not hear me. And you will wrestle with these things as we all do, and you will come to your own conclusions. And we together can all glorify God in our bodies and in all that we do. What a blessing it is for us just to be able to glorify God. That in itself is a great gift. What about you this morning as we close our lesson? Are you glorifying God? Maybe you look at your, your life and how you use your body or how you view your body. And you say, yeah, in my physical body, I'm glorifying God. But are you glorifying God in every part of your life? If you're not a child of God, you are not glorifying him. You may be a, quote, good person as the world looks at that. But you're not truly glorifying him because you're not connected to Jesus Christ. But you can be this very hour. Come before this audience confessing your faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and turning away from your life of sin and selfishness, giving your will completely, fully to Him, and then be buried with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in baptism and have all those sins washed away. And you're going to come out of the baptistry if you do that this morning looking the same on the outside. <laughs> I mean, if you're hoping that your physical body is going to change in some way, that you're going to get taller or maybe shorter or slimmer or your hair is going to be darker or whatever, that, that's, not, that's not going to happen. But you very much will be a different person because you will be connected to Christ. And you can walk with him and he will walk with you. Whatever your need might be this very hour, if you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ, do that now as we stand and as we sing.